Hello listener, Janine here. Emotionally supporting others is something that comes up for everyone, and there are ways to affirm others that we support through their struggles and in ways that don't hurt them, alienate them, inspire masking on their part, and that are actually helpful. Sadly, most of us were not taught how to emotionally support others. Further, we can often get upset ourselves and triggered or thrown off balance in the process of helping another. In this episode, I speak to ways that I have been trained to support others as a counselor in the hope that it'll help listeners in their personal lives. Just a brief background of me, I'm a counselor pursuing a PhD in clinical psychology. I'm a trained art therapist. Life provides us with struggles, challenges, and pain. My intention is that this podcast can support listeners through the ups and downs and offer hacks or ways to handle the roller coaster ride. I deal with painful stuff too, so I'm never coming as an expert. I'm a human being also finding my way. I acknowledge the Indigenous tribes of Canada on whose traditional and unceded lands we live, work, and dream. In particular to my location, I thank the Musqueam, Sailwood Seumanus, and Squamish peoples. And with that, it's on with the show. So again, the topic is supporting others. And by supporting, I mean emotionally so. It is often the case that people in our lives and whom we care about come to us for emotional support. They need to debrief something that happened, they've been hurt, or something has made them feel scared, small, embarrassed, disappointed, sad, or discouraged. It is very delicate when these things happen because it's all too easy to say or do something that will harm them, cause them to withdraw, or simply be unhelpful. And they may not reach out to us again for some time because of how we handled it. There are other factors to consider, such as our own triggers. Perhaps we'd been harassed in the workplace and the person whom we care about is experiencing something similar. We may become triggered or simply feel protective and enraged because this is someone we care about. This blind reaction could lead to harm, as we may take action that the person does not want us to. There are also boundaries. There is only so much that we can take on, and depending on the magnitude of the situation, we may not be able to fully help the person without sacrificing our own well-being. So I'll come back to ideas of triggers and boundaries when I discuss the specific hacks for supporting others. So take a moment to think back to a time in the recent past where you went to someone, a friend, a partner, a family member, because you wanted to share something that upset you. Think to that moment and ask yourself if you ever felt supported by that person. If you did feel supported, what did they do that you liked? And if you didn't, what did or didn't they do that wasn't so helpful? In my training as a counselor, I used to think it was silly to self-reflect and try to empathize because I just wanted to know the formula. The trouble is the formula is loose and it relies on feelings, understanding, reading the situation, and following the heart, not necessarily the head. We're learning from experience. It's about allowing the person space to be, share, and feel 
We are holding that space for them, and the hacks in this show will help you do that. I thought that I'd weave a made-up example here so that I could demonstrate more directly these concepts and these hacks. So say I have a good friend, Nancy, who is outside my house waiting in her parked car, and we had made plans for dinner. When I get in the car, she is looking at her phone very intensely, and then she tosses it into her console angrily before starting to sob. She was up for a promotion at work and was just informed by email that she didn't get it, but that someone newer to the company with less experience did. She's very upset and starts to put the car into drive. So what do you do? Before we hear more about how to support Nancy, let's take a brief pause to highlight Instacart. Finding life balance is often about saving time on tasks that can be parceled off. Usually cost holds us back. But Instacart can help save time and energy, stay safe during COVID, and also offer a very low-cost service. Get your groceries and your personal health items delivered through Instacart right to your door. You can save about seven hours or more a month and rarely set foot in a grocery store or waste valuable time and precious levels of well-being stuck in traffic, driving to and from the shops. We wholeheartedly recommend Instacart to help you achieve more of a sense of life balance. Consider it a life hack. For $10 off your first Instacart order, please use the code G2D059E10D. Check out the show notes for the link and the code to save your $10 off of your first Instacart order. So first I would say to Nancy, hey, that's difficult news. Hang on a minute. Let's talk about it before we drive because I can see you're upset. And this then brings us to life hack number one. Do not offer advice. No tips, no tricks, no ideas of what they should do, examples of what you've done, ideas to correct the situation. This is a big no-no, a big no-no. I see people make this error so frequently, it's appalling. Parents to their kids, kids to their parents, siblings to each other, friends, partners... This is not the time and place to give advice when someone is upset and needs emotional support. Actually, it's very unkind to jump in with advice because you're not respecting and honoring the person by hearing them and their struggle and meeting them right there in it. Perhaps later, when the person has processed their situation on an emotional level, and if they ask you for advice, then give it, but only as an offering. The English novelist Eden Philpott stated, The people sensible enough to give good advice are usually sensible enough to give none. Advice will not be heard or received well, and this may be the truth for most situations, unless it's explicitly asked for. So be sure to avoid giving advice entirely. In the case of Nancy, Keep your mouth shut and simply sit there with her, no matter how tempting it might be to tell her, oh, well, something else will come along, or don't worry, you're young and more opportunities will come. Don't even say, you know, well, there are a bunch of idiots not to hire you. That's not as bad as advice giving, but it's not helpful. They are currently grappling with the perceived loss, disappointment, 
and perhaps feelings of inadequacy. So nope, don't say anything. Your main job is to just be there and actively listen. And that's life hack number two. Listen actively. In counselor training, we learn about active listening, noticing all the aspects of the person, their voice tonality, gestures, the content of their words. Being empathetic or placing yourself in their shoes and imagining what their experience may have been like. Using eye contact. Using safe touch, such as a touch to their elbow, depending on the nature of your relationship. Mirror the person's language and voice level. If they're leaning forward, perhaps you could lean forward. If they're talking loudly, perhaps you can match that, at least at first, before helping them to bring the volume down by starting to speak softer. Mirroring helps them to see that you are receiving their communications beyond the word content. Using repetition is an essential aspect of active listening. This is when you repeat their words and or use paraphrasing. This is huge. Do not underestimate the power of repetition or paraphrasing. This makes people feel heard when you repeat their sentiment or words. It's a reflection and you are serving as a sounding board. So remember that this is your main role is to be a sounding board. Brian McGill stated, One of the most sincere forms of respect is actually listening to what another has to say. Cheryl Richardson added to that sentiment with her statement, Listen, people will start to heal the moment they feel heard. Nancy isn't meeting my gaze. That's fine. I wouldn't try to make her look at me. Say she cries for a while. That's fine. I would allow space for her to cry and knowing that I'm there. I might give her verbal empathy and offer my support by saying, I see that you're hurting very badly over this news, and it saddens me to see you so sad. Perhaps she says, I prepared very hard for that interview, and I wanted the position so badly. I might paraphrase back to her, You spent time and energy getting ready for this, and you could really see yourself in the new role. Then she says, I feel like I'll never get a better paid position. I might then repeat that. You feel like you'll never get a better paid position. Keep doing that for a time while she processes her feelings and thoughts. Before the next life hack of the episode, we'll quickly pause to mention Buzzsprout, the podcast hosting application and website. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast? Would you also like a free $20 Amazon gift card? Janine is an amateur podcaster and she loves the simple, easy-to-use interface that Buzzsprout offers to host the Life Hacks from a Counselor podcast. To begin, start with a quiet space and some gear that you already have, and let Buzzsprout do the rest. Uploading and sharing your podcast to all the podcasting platforms is easy with Buzzsprout. You get a great-looking podcast website, audio players to drop into existing sites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. If we can do it, you can too. Join Janine and over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. 
to claim your free Amazon gift card when you join Buzzsprout, please click on the link in the show notes. This also helps support our show. Perhaps Nancy then shares something triggering for me, meaning she touched on a nerve that connects to some trauma or sore point for me. Let's say she wants to quit and move back to her hometown because she's so upset. And say that I get funny with people leaving and it triggers kind of a feeling of abandonment. Sometimes, especially in work as a counselor, it is required for us to manage our triggers. So life hack number three is manage triggers appropriately. Remember, when you're supporting someone, it's about them. Depending on your level of involvement with the individual and the situation, you may become triggered and your defense mechanisms may be activated where you want to fight, argue, fix, dismiss, numb, or lash out, for example. Rather than blindly react to your triggers, do your best to remain aware and observant of them. Breathe through them in order to take the best course of action. If it's a more minor trigger, such as a small irritation, perhaps you can breathe past it for the time being. If it's medium and you feel defensive, perhaps tell them that you're feeling a bit triggered and discuss with them how to proceed, such as take a break or maybe refer them to speak to someone else. One of the best things to do if you're experiencing a major degree of triggering material is to state that you are feeling very triggered and that you need to walk away for now. These methods help to protect the person who is needing support and to protect you as well. In the situation with Nancy, I might even state my trigger since she's a friend. I could say, you're so upset that you could move back home and hearing that I feel sad and scared because you're my good friend and I don't want you to move out of town. This doesn't negate her feelings or make it only about me, but it acknowledges your trigger and shares your humanness in the interaction, which feels genuine because it is. Triggers are important information, and awareness is key. I found a quote online that's anonymous. It states, Be grateful for triggers. They point you to where you are not free. Lastly, life hack number four is honoring your limits or boundaries. I can't really think of any good circumstances to disregard your limits or boundaries. People often say to me, but I don't know where to start with boundaries or I don't have any. Sure, some folks have clear and set boundaries that they've worked hard to put in place and maybe those were born out of painful experiences. I have a friend who has one very clear and set boundary. They never agree to plans on the spot, but they think about it first and respond later. This was to avoid agreeing to things that they didn't want to, given their strong people-pleasing tendencies. Generally, boundaries are something that we notice in the moment and in context. They can be referred to as limits, and we know what they are. Someone says something, such as they ask us if we want to attend an event with them. Your limits are that feeling and that soft answer that comes from inside, not the busy thoughts not the social pressure you feel, but the feeling and the soft answer. We usually know if we want to do something or not. If someone needs support around a topic that is deeply upsetting, or they are in need of a lot of energy from us that we're not in a position to give, listen to that feeling and the soft answer. 
that is your boundary. While it can be hard to speak of truth and honoring our boundaries, you demonstrate to yourself that you are worthwhile and of great importance and deserving of respect. So in that situation, tell the person that you care about them very much and you need to take some time for self-care or that you can't speak at that particular time and you really care and support them. On the web, another unknown quote, you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep others warm, which is always an excellent reminder. So if Nancy started calling me daily about how she continues to feel upset about the mispromotion, that may become a boundary crossing if it's too much. Perhaps Nancy takes a dark turn and starts speaking suicidal thoughts. And since this is a good friend, I might tell her that it upsets me to hear talk like that. And I'd like to connect her with more friends and family or community resources as maybe it's just too overwhelming for me to handle. Always mention the love. Don't say I love you, but never say but. Say, I love you and I need to have help from others to best support you. Next, we will hear an example from Janine's life about supporting others. But first, a note about Patreon. If you'd like to support the show while also accessing ad-free content, please become a Patreon member at Patreon for Bring to Balance. For just $5 a month, you'll receive all shows commercial-free, bonus content, such as unpublished episodes, Q&A recordings, show scripts, and little notes each month of thoughts Janine is having and products that she's loving for increased life balance. You'll also be able to request show topics and have a dialogue with her on the message board. It's a community. Help support our show, Life Hacks from a Counselor by Bring to Balance, by clicking the link to our Patreon page in the show notes today. Here's an example from my own life where I wanted support and I didn't get it. I have a puppy, and most of the time I feel so much love and joy having my beloved Rorschach. From time to time, I have some difficulties with him, such as him not listening, jumping up on people, or barking. I might say to someone, Today I'm struggling and feel very stressed with some of Rorschach's undesirable behaviors. Without fail, people start laying on the advice, and usually it's advice, quote-unquote, that I would never utilize, like using punishment and harmful aggressive tactics to force his listening. This has the opposite effect in my dog, just a side note, and perhaps most dogs. From time to time, I receive advice or opinions of what I'm doing wrong, and I feel that I cannot share with others when I'm having a difficult day or moment regarding Rorschach. As such, I'm unable to get that emotional support, which is simply an acknowledgement that sometimes I struggle and sometimes it's hard. That's all I want. An example from my life where someone did support me happened recently. I'm taking some training about how to conduct a certain type of assessment that is used in Canada. The male trainer provided e-transfer instructions to participants. When I responded that I had done so, he said I didn't get it, and I quote, maybe one of the unlucky ones whose bank transfer gets blocked by his email, and he asked that I cancel it and resend it. 
I said that I would cancel, but I needed to call my bank to do so and I would get it to him. And he replied right away with an advice email about how to cancel an e-transfer, starting with these dreaded three words, just do this, and ended the tip with a smiley face. Well, I'm with a small credit union, and especially if it's the same day, I have to call to cancel, unlike the more user-friendly interfaces of the big banks. So once again, the advice was unwelcome. It rubbed me the wrong way. It felt patronizing, and it almost felt like a form of mansplaining to a lesser intelligent female. This, and due to a few other issues that I'd had in former interactions with the person, I felt really put out. I talked to a friend who happens to be my sister, and she acknowledged how I felt. She reflected my thoughts, expressed empathy, and talked it over with me until I felt ready to move on. It felt so good, and I was able to move past it because I knew I was understood. That's all that I needed. Hopefully the episode and these hacks will be of some value to you in supporting others. So briefly to recap, life hack number one, no advice. Mostly never give advice. Life hack number two, practice active listening, including mirroring, reflecting, and paraphrasing. Life hack number three, manage triggers, breathe through them. Managing your triggers appropriately helps you to heal and protects the other person. Life hack number four, honor your boundaries. We cannot be helpful and supportive all of the time. So honor your limits and communicate those clearly. So all the best out there supporting others, it's not easy. Only the hacks highlighted here will help you and those that you love have an easier time of it. Above all, be gentle with yourselves. If you're ready for support or need help supporting others, reach out to us at info at bringtobalance.com to set up a free 25-minute consultation with me. As of this recording, I have two spots left for new clients and we'll start a waitlist for potential clients going forward. Thank you for listening and be well all.